0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.
1: We are living in a time where our future is uncertain, which means youth voice is as important as ever. Kia ora, join me, Leo, on Operation Rakatahi on ORFM's Youth Zone, one hundred five point four FM. 1575am or online at oar.org.nz or download the Youth Zone app on Google Play or the Apple
0: App Store Kia ora and welcome to Operation Rakatahi You're listening to Leo on 105.4 FM So my voice sounds a bit different today because I'm sick and I'm not in the studio and it might be bad quality because I'm recording on my phone But I did pre-record an interview with Ingrid Leary today that you can, that we'll play later in the show. I've just got a wee things to talk about first, and yeah, let's get on with the show. So, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so, I interviewed Ingrid Leary on Tuesday, and we managed to talk about her role in her as an MP for Taieri and how she leads for young people and the effects of climate change on Taieri. So it's a well-rounded conversation that we'll be listening to after the song break. But first, I had a wee news to update you because if you guys didn't know, a few weeks ago, I was talking about the... um, some more constitutional crisis with the the um, incumbent president refusing to leave and leave office and knew some of this um, Naomi Mata'afa was re-elected in. But there was all these things with her being sworn in, in a tent outside and having logistical issues about the transfer of power. I can now say that their constitutional crisis is over. They've managed to remove the incumbent, and now uh, Fiami Naomi Manata Arthur is now being elected to the House and is um, taking her reign up now. So, yeah. And also, a bit closer to home here in New Zealand. The vaccine has rolled out a lot more, and yeah, and so make sure if you're sick like me, don't go into anywhere. That's why I'm recording from home, and had a pre-recorded segment a few days ago, which I didn't know I was going to be sick when I did it, so it worked out really well, and just make sure you stay home, and don't make everyone else sick, because who knows what it is, and yeah, you know. and yeah. Sorry if my voice sounds a bit weird, but most of the show will be fine because it's pre-recorded from when I was okay. So, yeah, enjoy the show, and we'll be back chatting with Ingrid Leary after the break. I can see you standing, honey. With his arms around your body Laughing but the joke's not funny at all And it took you five whole minutes To pack us up and leave me with it Holding all this love out here in the hall I think I've seen this film before And I didn't like the ending
2: seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. I'm not your problem anymore. So who am I offending now? You are my crown. Now I'm in exile seeing you out. I think I've seen this film before. So I'm leaving at the side
0: door. So step right
2: the bread. 망가져도 난뭘 믿고 버티는 거야 어차피 떠나면 상처 두 성의 미워하게 될걸 끝장을 보기 전 끝낼 순 없어 이 아픔을 기다린 것처럼 아마 <목소리> 다다 <목소리>
3: Safe and sound. What if, what if we're hard to find? What if, what if we lost the minds? What if we let them fall behind and they're never found? And when the lights start flashing like a photo booth, and the stars explode, it will be fire proof. My- my youth is yours, tripping on skies, sipping waterfalls My youth, my youth is yours, run away now and forever. My youth, my youth is yours, the truth's so loud you can't ignore My youth, my youth, my youth, my youth, my youth is yours Start to drive. What if we close our eyes? We're speeding through red lights into paradise. Cause we've no time for getting old. What about it? time and souls? Cross your fingers, here we go. Uh. is yours tripping on skies sipping waterfalls my youth my youth is yours run away now and forever oh, my youth my youth is yours the truth so loud you can't ignore my youth my youth my use, my youth is yours is yours, tripping on skies, sky, sipping waterfalls My youth, my youth is yours, run away now and forever My youth, my youth is yours, the truth's so loud, you to you ignore know. My youth, my youth, my youth, my youth is yours 조지
1: And welcome back to Operation Rakatahi with Leo. So today I am joined with Ingrid Leary, from, who is the MP for Tahiri, which was the former Dunedin South electorate plus some. Um, so hi, Ingrid.
4: Kia ora! And can I say how lovely
1: it is to hear you pronounce Tairi correctly? Uh, <laughs> uh,
4: it's interesting. Like the younger the people, the easier it is for them to say it. Um, yeah, I, I like to joke and say you can say Tairi, but Tairi's an island off the sc- off the coast of Scotland. Yeah, maybe we need to have two different ways of spelling it.
1: Mm. It's only recently that I caught on to. I was saying it wrong my whole life. I was just like going, oh, I'm actually because. I'm from here, so Mm. I've always said Tyree. And I've been... It's only recently I've always... I've just gone, oh, it's not... Like, within the last 18 months, two years, I've gone... I shouldn't be continuing that, and it shouldn't be pronounced that way. And it's now just become... Habit again. I've just forgotten that I changed it. My my vernacular and my vocabulary. So
4: and it wasn't wrong to the people who you know. It isn't wrong to the people who say Tyree because that's what they've always known mm. it as. I just think that because it's a Maori word, yeah. it's nice to say it in the Maori way. So mm. I, I try not to make people wrong, but I do think a Maori word deserves Maori pronunciation. Just like you know, people know how to say "sauvignon blanc" or yeah. uh, other words like that. Let's let's try and say it in the language of the word.
1: Yeah yeah so let's get on with the show um what led you into politics Look, I'm just really interested in uh, wanting
4: to make a difference. I've always been in jobs that have been around kind of amplifying voices that don't usually get heard into mainstream, so whether that was in my broadcasting career or in my legal career and then when I worked for the British Council. And I'd done a stint uh, briefly as a press secretary a long time ago, 30-something years ago, for a minister and thought, oh, this is a mug's life, who would want to do this? Who it's, was the minister? It was Maurice Williams. Johnson, ah, great great minister. Yeah. Um, it, it made me realise that I really uh, was a, tr- a true Labour person and I was a non-political appointment. He was with the national government. Mm. But I saw what it did to families and I thought it was a mug's life uh, and very... Confrontational kind of style of politics at that time. Then MMP came in, and I'm a great fan of MMP. I love the fact that we get a a range of voices and and more diversity. Uh, And then Jacinda Ardern came in, and I could see that she brought a different style of leadership and uh, to politics. And I thought it's not as evil as it used to be it's 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 more mmp requires more collaboration and a more sophisticated approach to the political relationships which suits me so i thought okay i'm old enough and ugly enough to give it a go
1: ah so what what connection do you have to tayori and what made you want to stand for um the candidate for the labour party in Tairi?
4: sure Um, Well, I live in South Dunedin, and I Mm. absolutely love South Dunedin. I've just come from an event there where former South Dunedin boy Grant Robertson was opening a fantastic hockey turf down at King's High School, and you know he talked about the social capital, which is just a fancy way of talking about the incredible sense of community that we have in South D. Of course, the electorate is a lot bigger than that. Mm. Um, I love the diversity of the the electorate. Some people find it challenging. I think it's fantastic that We've got, you know, high density urban setting, and then we've also got vast expanses of farmland in mm. the southern part of the electorate. Uh, my my dad's family actually hail from Arrowtown, and my oh. dad's family, when they were quite young, moved over to Dunedin, and um, I've got. Ancestors that go back to Harrow Street, which is not quite Mm. South D. Uh, But when I came back here, I I did study um, an honours degree in law at Otago University, and to be honest, I probably didn't see as much of um, Otago as I should have. I saw a lot of the the, the student side of things. But having come back here later in life, when I live in my community, I feel like I'm surrounded by my dad's family, just the working-class ethic, the egalitarianism, the friendliness, people work hard and people are stoic they tend not to complain and sometimes there is stuff to complain about but they're Mm. just really good people yeah
1: um how do you bring the view of the taere people into your into the um decision making that goes on in wellington
4: i try to go to as many events as i can in the electorate and do a lot of listening And, of course, there is casework as well. And then when we get opportunities to speak in the House, I try to include examples from the electorate to showcase or highlight um, the issues that I'm talking about. There was one particular um, issue, actually, which was the... Rural Ambulance Service and funding for St John Ambulance and there's a new section in the Parliamentary Debates that the Speaker the Honorable Right Honourable Trevor Mallard has introduced about local issues and I was lucky enough to get picked to be able to stand up and speak for five minutes and so I spoke at length about, well it doesn't sound like at length but five minutes can be quite a while um, about the issues that we face with ambulance delays, about um, you know, rural health services in particular and the need for more funding and it was great to see that in budget. 2021 we actually got $83 million more for St John Ambulance it doesn't mean that we need to have a fully funded ambulance service but I think uh, having a bit more funding to mitigate the double crewing impact that's happened and also just be able to get those response times a bit quicker is really important so
1: that's an example of how I advocate
2: mm.
1: and um, in what way do you, like when, you, when you're going back to when you are talking about how you go to lots of events. What sort of events and how do you go about conversation around those events?
4: There's been some fantastic events such as the um, ones run by the Musselboro Baptist Church and I say they're fantastic because they look at really large national issues such as housing, mental health and food security and the group that's organised it have convened a panel of experts. They've got... non-government organisation to zoom in and share their experience about being a service provider and then they've invited local MPs to contribute our thoughts so in some ways it's a a good way of forcing us to sit and listen to a whole lot of uh, questions from the floor, expertise from the panel who are local people working in those areas, it's a really good way of kind of ensuring that as MPs we're informed as well as then bringing our own um, comments to the event, so that's one example I meet regularly with people uh, from organisations like Grey Power, uh, from Rainbow organisations and so on and I'm very much in listening mode. They know exactly which issues they want me to focus on as their MP And, and outside of the house the other way to have some influence is on the select committee process. I happen to sit on finance and expenditure and... Um, most things involve money so that's quite a good select committee to sit on and one of the issues that's come up recently is around banking accessibility and the fact that not everybody will be able to access banking services digitally even with the best will in the world. So I was able to initiate a briefing from uh, the New Zealand Bankers Association to the select committee about what they're doing to make banking more accessible for our seniors, our disabled people, our Rural people, and that's an issue that I've kind of got a watching brief on.
1: Oh, nice. So I've I found a lot of the time that lots of young people feel quite disillusioned from politics. How do you bring in the voice of young people through into your into the decision making in Wellington, and more specifically the youth of Tairi?
4: Mm. I think the the best way for youth to be involved is to get involved and be engaged and you know it's fantastic to see politicians getting younger and younger mm. one of the initiatives that I've uh, started well uh, am involved in currently is getting a parliamentary and a Commonwealth Women Parliamentarian booth at the Festival for the Future event which mm. is running this weekend in Wellington so I'm the co-chair of CWP along with Nicola Gregg who's from the National Party and I've managed to get a booth and we're going to be staffing it with MPs and going for walkabouts. We've got some ministers uh, who are speaking at the event and that's very much about being open and accessible and having um, youth leaders and mm. I do see the youth who attend as being leaders and they're from all walks of life yeah. who, can, who can talk to us and hopefully we can inspire them to want to get involved mm. in the leadership element but there's other ways too in terms of making submissions to select committees um, I think having two teenage children who are quite politically active is really important as well. I've got a 19 year old and 18 year old alongside my 7 year old um, and they keep me pretty abreast of the issues that they Mm. feel really passionately about. I'd say that um, the main things on their minds at the moment are climate change and probably inequality. Uh, My daughter my children are Pacifica, and my daughter was quite involved in the Black Lives um, movement that came as an offshoot of the American movement as well so Mm. keeping in contact with those conversations and trying to attend you events as well um, is my way of trying to make sure that I stay in touch in terms of the youth of Tairi I think um it's, it's about being available to people and attending events and being in touch with the schools. Mm. I also think that it's really, really important that we try and bring in interventions that reduce child poverty. I'm absolutely with the Prime Minister on this one because if we can reduce child poverty, we make a huge difference because those children grow up to be youth and they have a whole different set of opportunities available to them. So I think our focus on reducing child poverty is really important.
1: Mm. Does the does you as an MP or does the Labour Party as a whole um, have any ways of bringing in more youth voice into government decision making or specific models of which to get them in?
4: I think um, any political movement has its political structures we yeah. do have Southern Young Labour here in Tairi, who are a fantastic group of of. Active uh, labour rights, and they um, have representative roles on our executive committees, on our lo- on our LEC, for example, and also on the Region Six hub. These are just kind of structural things, but but there is a youth voice on those, and um, they are. When the Prime Minister was down, she mentioned that the youth. Branches of the Labor Party are the ones that kind of lead the party into the future. They are our social conscience in Mm. a way because they. Tend to be more radical in their ideas They tend to be very progressive And they want change to happen really quickly And so they lead us into the future um, Yet Mainstream politics requires that we also Take everybody else with us So Mm. in a way the youth are leading on the issues And then the Mainstream party um, Is doing the work to try and bring everybody Else on board So the the issues that Southern Young Labour Are identifying now are probably going To be the things that will be mainstream party political politics in five five years' time. Hmm.
1: I found as a young person myself and um, lots of other people, uh, lots of other young people around me um, have found climate change has been a massive issue and I've been reading that Tairea is one of the most at-risk electorates in the country to climate change and more specifically um, South Dunedin. Have you got anything in place for Tairi um, to counteract the effects of climate change?
4: I think that we have an absolutely incredible opportunity to showcase how climate change adaptation can can be done really successfully in South Dunedin. Traditionally... It has been seen as a bit of a problem in South D rather than an opportunity, and I'm Mm. convinced it's a huge opportunity. We've got a number of different elements to that opportunity around uh, rising sea levels, around the St. Clair Wall, the um, need to decontaminate the sand dunes at St Kilda, the the pipe water pipe system that's coming down from Kaikarai Valley and what we need is a coordinated approach that looks holistically and takes a long term view and says what's the 100 year plan for mm. South D and where do we need to invest now to do this properly and I'm really delighted that the Dunedin City Council has now uh, appointed somebody who is going to be responsible for that piece of work pulling all those discrete projects together. What I would like to see is that the funding comes from a central government and local government partnership. To do this properly, ratepayers won't be able to afford it, and I'm not sure that ratepayers and the rest of Dunedin want to be funding something that... You know, in South Dunedin. Whereas, if New Zealand sees this as an opportunity to do climate change adaptation really well, it will be an inspiration, uh, and it will be a model that will be able to be replicated in other areas that are vulnerable, such mm. as uh, the the east coast of the North Island.
1: Yeah. Are there any issues around that? That you haven't heard much about from any branch of government that you would like to be seeing done, as, a, as you as a person?
4: Well, um, we're, we're looking at Forbury Park at the moment and looking at the possibility to build housing there, and that's really cutting-edge housing, which is designed, uh, you know, green design uh, on poles that can be moved and uh, returning Forbury Park back to its traditional... Um, sort of wetlands environment. It's Mm. that kind of thinking. I would like to see that progress because that's a good catalyst for then looking at the greater South Dunedin saying, what else is possible? Mm. There's even revolutionary things you can do with the camber on roads so if we were to think differently about how we do roading, we might be able to get the roads to provide natural drainage when rainwater does come or if the water table rises. So there's lots and lots of incredible technology and cutting edge thinking available. Mm. What I'd like to do is just lift our scale of ambition if you like and see it as an exciting opportunity and get some real investment into the area.
1: So, what is one key goal that you would like um, during that you would like to bring about during your tenure of of being MP for Tairi, whether it is long or short?
4: Sure, in terms of for the electorate, I'd really like us to crack the South Dunedin climate change adaptation mm. intervention. I'd like to see somewhere in the next couple of years, a budget line in a central government budget that has South Dunedin written on it and, and an amount uh, with a few zeros on the end that is New Zealand's commitment to making sure that we can do climate change adaptation. We know that the science says we can and we've moved on from the previous reports from a few years ago which tried to suggest that we needed to do full retreat. That's not the case. We've hmm. got brilliant communities there Uh, who are very socially cohesive, we've got disabled people and others that choose to live there because of the flatlands Mm. uh, and and who love living there, and I love living there myself. So for the people of Tairi that's what I'd like to see. Um, I, I also think in terms of the more general picture, what I'm really, really interested in is economic justice. So for me, that's about closing the inequality gap. Um, you can't have social justice without economic justice, and I think all the policies that we've implemented, particularly around uh, Budget 2021, are about raising the standard of living for those people who who are on the poor on the lower end, uh, whether it's beneficiaries or low paid jobs, and trying to get pay increases that work. Uh, rather than percentage pay increases, let's look at at pay increases that work in a way uh, that honours our essential workers because uh, COVID has really shown how important they
1: are. What sort of models do you think would work from it being a dream to a reality?
4: Well... My thinking is quite radical around how we would structure the economy. I sit on the Finance and Expenditure Select Committee, which is a real privilege, and we talk a lot about well-being, and of course we've had a number of well-being budgets now in New Zealand, which is a world-leading initiative, and we look at well-being through the lens of the Living Standards Framework. And that means that we're not just measuring GDP, but we're looking at, you know, what what social outcomes come about from the way that we distribute money. I think to to take that to its logical conclusion, what we need to do is find a way of valuing things as prevention rather than always as intervention and look across government agencies because there's a lot of talk about working... Um, with an all-of-government approach, but you need to follow the money. So an example would be if a child stays in a stable home for 12 or 14 years and therefore gets to go to the same school, have the same friends and has that stability – what would that mean in terms of the money we might save on educational interventions, health interventions and so on that they that we might need to be paying out if they were moving from school to school? We've never attempted to value that and it is a difficult thing to do but just because it's difficult doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Mm. When we get a value on that, then we can look at how do you transfer the value across to say MSD or another government agency so that government agencies can start to look at the value the cost benefit analysis if you like of the interventions this hasn't been done but there's really good best practice out internationally in the social enterprise space and in the impact investing space around putting financial values onto social outcomes and I think that uh, we can apply that kind of thinking in terms of how we run our economy um, and that will make that will mean that we're putting money into prevention rather than being the ambulance at the bottom of the Mm. cliff
1: Hmm. Well, thank you for joining me today, um, Ingrid, and chatting with me. Um, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, if they have any things to add to select committees or they have an issue in the community they want to talk to you about, how can they get a hold of you?
4: Sure. I'd usually say come to the Hillside office or phone it, but because it's young people, I'll say just find me on Facebook on my MP page. Feel free to drop me a message. I'll always reply, and I'd really love to, to have
1: your input. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, so Khaki town or:. thank you.
2: Magic Seems fantastic. I used to have a hole in the wall with a mattress. Funny when you want it, suddenly you have it. You find out that your goal's just plastic. Every day, every night, I've been thinking back on you and I. Every day, every night, I'll work my whole life just to get. go boys on my get caught up in call chick outside your street yeah, You said forever, now I drive alone past your street
0: Kia ora and welcome back to Operation Rakatahi with Leo. So if you're just joining me um, some of these segments that I've been doing outside of the interview my throat might not sound that grey, my voice, it's because I'm really sick today and Yep, but I managed to pre-record an interview on Monday with Ingrid Leary, and we talked about all these different things, um, especially around how she's leading for young people, her roles around climate change, and how she's going to mitigate that for the tighty electorate. So, if you missed that, go and listen to it on the Youth Zone app, which you can download on the Google on Google Play or the Apple App Store. If you want support from a trained counsellor, contact 1737. I always include this in every show, so we all know where to go. And yeah. And visit the Instagram page at operation.rangatahi if you want to come uh, and give give me a follow. If you want to come on the show as a guest or have any issues you want spoken about on the air, flick me an email at operation.rangatahi at gmail.com. So... Thank you all for listening this week, Uh, and yeah, so kiki kaki down or bye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.